Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. I'm back. It's, it's exciting. I haven't been up here forever. I love preaching the word of God. I love living the Word of God. For those that don't know, my name's uh, Nick Bowes. I'm the community outreach pastor here at Rise Church. I do this along with my beautiful wife, Tisha, and our family. You saw Kaya up there worshiping in the pink. Love you, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling her out. It's all right. It's all right. Um, real quick, I just wanted to acknowledge some things. Um, no matter what capacity you serve at this church, we want to thank you for that. No, no matter how small it may seem to you, you're serving and that helps us. And we're doing this together. So I just wanted to take a moment and thank you. Um, also, you know, I had, I had heard that there was some baptisms and people giving their life to Jesus this past weekend. That's awesome. Give that up. Give that. That's the greatest miracle because that's where it all begins. Um, mm, thank you, worship team. As always, you guys are amazing. Pastor Donald, thank you for uh, leading communion, brother. And thank you for telling me to get it together, come up here, and deliver this message boldly. You need some people in your life that will tell you what you need to hear. Amen? Amen, brother. Amen. So I've been praying about this for a long time, and it's been on my heart, and, and, and I've been figuring out how I want to deliver this message. And, and I've been praying through it, and I've been uh, hitting my head against the wall. That's why I got that dent right here. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Dark humor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's actually a plate, but <laughs> the wall's in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, uh, I've been praying about this, and just hearing messages carrying on throughout these recent months, what I'm really hearing is that we're called to be just like Jesus. That's what we're called to be. I didn't say we were Jesus. Ephesians 5 says we're called to be imitators of Jesus. So in order for that to take place, you'd have to ask yourself, well, what would Jesus do? Not the bumper sticker, the reality. What would Jesus do, right? And so the, the, the book I was led to uh, preach out of today is actually 1 John. Um, and in 1 John, it's penned by the Apostle John, not to be confused with John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin. The Apostle John, he, he walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He physically got to reach out and touch Jesus. We, we have John. He's writing to a church who, who's young, a church that, that, that sprouted up as many did in the Roman Empire at this time, right? Because these apostles, they're older now. They've been doing missionary work. They can't be everywhere all the time. And, and so these churches are popping up all over the place. And, and we have this young church that's hungry, that's ready, that, that's willing. And they, they want to know God. They want to know more about God, right? And so then we have these, these people coming in, and, and John calls them false teachers. And they come into the church and, and they start teaching these different doctrines. They start teaching these things that, that were inaccurate. And John catches wind of this, and he decides to address it. And, and he's writing a letter to them. See, they're in the midst of an idolatrous community, right? They're, they're in a place where, where anything goes and nothing is off limits. That sounds like today. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a place where everything is subjective and able to be altered, including the truth. 
And so John's writing a letter to them. And, and in this letter, he wants to clear up some confusion. He wants to bring clarity. We have people that are trying to tell them that uh, Jesus wasn't even human. And not only that, he wasn't even the Messiah. Oh, oh, and there's more. You have to do more than, than just your salvation requires more than being by grace through faith. And so they're, they're creeping in and they're telling them all kinds of different things. And because you have uh, brand new believers as a whole that don't have a continual firm understanding, right? They, they, they had a foundation set. They opened the church. There was leaders appointed. Now go do it. Right. But then they come in and they start teaching them the, all these things. And, and what they do is they take they they take truth and they sprinkle it with a little bit of lies. And it sounds good, but it's not God. But because they don't know better, they, they go for that. And you only know what you know. And so God doesn't fault you for that. You only know what you know. But but John catches wind. He says, uh, not today, not not today. And, and he clears it up. And what I love about John's letter along with the other ones he writes, is John is very to the point. John's very black and white. John, right, wrong, righteousness, unrighteous, you're in, you're out. He makes it very clear that, that this is how it's supposed to go. And I need you guys to grab a hold of this. And what he does here is, is, is he writes this letter, and it's meant to be read not only to the churches in Ephesus, but, but possibly the surrounding churches in the area, right? And this letter today, okay, we're talking, if this was modern time right now, and John came in, I'm not saying here, but I'm saying in a lot of, unfortunately, in a lot of modern in America, American churches, this letter, this addressing would be seen as intolerant. It would be seen as unloving and religious, right? It would, it would be seen as insensitive, and cancel culture would have a field day. They would have a field day. If you don't know what that is, cancel culture is this movement that people go and they dig up dirt about your past, regardless of how good you're doing now. They look, they dig up past, they bring it up, and they stir up trouble. And they get everybody to turn against you, something like the Pharisees did with Jesus and, and all these, these disciples before they were the apostles. They went in there and they said, hey, they're lying about stuff. Go act a fool. And they did it. They were successful, right? And, and so John doesn't care. Because he's here to please God and not man. He's here to please God and not man. And, and so, you know, um, obviously that will create a division. But, but again, we leave that up to God to bring the clarity. And we leave it up to God to mend those things that get broken. And, and we just do what God calls us to do and, and leave the rest up to him. Amen. And, and so we see right in the beginning, um, John is authenticating himself and Jesus in the same sentence, he's letting people know right from the beginning that, that the, the coming Messiah, yeah, the one that was here, is, and is to come, yeah, him, I walked with him. I lived with him. I learned from him. I saw the miracles. He, he's letting them know. I saw this stuff, and that's addressing right off the bat. Listen, uh, all that stuff they're telling you, that's nonsense. He is the Messiah. He was the one that was prophesied about, and, and he did walk this earth. He did die. He did rose, rise. He did empower us to go forth and not do witnesses, but be witnesses. And, and, and so um, the major difference between John and between these false teachers is John knew Jesus. See, if you know Jesus, then you know what's not Jesus. So then when the, tr when, when the truth comes in sprinkled with lies, you reject it as a whole because it can't be mixed in. It's, it's all or it's nothing. The word of God is pure and undefiled, and, and we have no business making it otherwise. So, so John comes in and says, listen, I have experience. I'm an eyewitness, and, and there's something about people that have been through it that can speak to a circumstance better than people who have not been through it trying to speak through a circumstance. No offense, no offense, no. I'm just saying when, when for me, going through addiction and, and then helping others that have been in or in, are in addiction, there's something that sits different and you have a different conversation. Your relatability is different than someone who's never done it, but they got the degree. I'm glad they want to help. That's not the problem. I'm just saying there's something different about it. That's all. That's it. And, and so, so because they don't know, 
They're just leaning on these teachers and trusting them. Now, let me clear this up before I move farther, because this is a part, a doctrine that's taught that, that has truth in it, again, but, but it's not the full spectrum. It's not in, it's, in, uh, its context is not um, spoken of entirely, and it's this. Uh, there's a place for teachers. Ephesians 4 says that we were equipped with prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. And, and that's for the equipping of the church to do the works of the ministry. So there is something to be said about sitting under uh, leaders, right? But, but you need to know Jesus for yourself too. And so my question would be this. Is your relationship personal and one-on-one? Or is it third party? Is your relationship what myself or many other pastors here are telling you it should be and is? Or is it because you've had an encounter with the Holy Ghost and you've been wrecked in your room like, oh, my God, you know, because that's important. It's important to come and learn. And then it's important to go out and and seek first the kingdom of God. Right. And gain for yourself an understanding. And, And so John here. Through all of this, he's telling them, as we will dig into, that, you know what? You guys, you know the truth. You know the truth. He laid a foundation, and, and because of them second-guessing themselves and, and, and a lot of other things, they, they kind of start getting confused and straying away. And, and what John is pointing out, what he wants you to know, we need to declare what we know before we ever declare what we think. What we know We can run with what we know. I know this. It happened. You cannot believe it. All you want doesn't matter. I know it happened. What I think is just, that's an opinion, and we all have them. But but not all of us have had an encounter with the living God. And that, that will trump out all opinions. I have prayed for people that absolutely did not believe in healing. And, And they wanted me to pray, I think. So they could just mock me when it didn't happen. Joke's on you, brother. (laughs) Joke is on you. Smoking their cigarette, walking around, trying to put me off, you know, like, oh, yeah, okay. Pray for them. Something happens, and that breaks off everything they thought they knew about God. That same way it happens there is the same way it happens in churches, right? Because they're like, no, God doesn't heal. He comes in like a wrecking ball, and all of a sudden, everything they thought they knew changes, and they have this relationship they didn't know existed. And that's what we are all supposed to have. You online, watching, unsure, you are called to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen? So, John goes on to bring some clarity to the audience, and he's telling them, um, you know, how to know the difference between being a child of God and, and these false teachers. And so he says right in chapter 1, starting at verse, I think I have it down as verse 5, but I don't think that's right, brother. Uh, he says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, so if we say we love Jesus, then our life should reflect that, right? Um, if, if we're called, as it is stated in Ephesians 5, to be imitators of Christ, we need to love different, we need to walk different, we need to talk different. We need to have a different perspective. We're called to walk in the light as he is in the light. And part of that is a cleansing process, and the Bible calls it sanctification, and, and here's another discrepancy people have. It, it's this one and done idea. I'm saved. Now I can just go act a fool because I'm making it in. Don't, don't get it twisted. That, <laughs> that you are saved. You are saved. But you can choose to not live for God. And, and you can choose to do these things. And so it's, it, it's the sanctification where we're saved. And then, boom, we're brand new, right? We kick off the old shoes. We put on the new ones. But then we got to work those shoes in, right? 
And sometimes it's uncomfortable and it hurts and you're not used to it and you want to go back to what you know because even though that's beaten and bruised and taped and, and glued and all that other, it's what you know. And so, so he's saying, don't do all that. Don't do all that. You just stick out with me and I'm going to help you in the areas you can't help yourself. I don't need you to understand by sight. I need you to walk by faith. And so my question is, where are we finding ourselves giving the most attention to in our lives? Are we going to Jesus first as our problem solver? Or are we going to him last because we've exhausted all the other options? Now, I'll be the first to say that I've done both. I'm not ashamed to say that because we got to be relatable. Because we all make mistakes. And, and so the, the beauty of that is you, I've said it before, you grow through what you go through. You have to learn. Okay? You can't learn from a mistake you don't make. And, and if you have been around me for any length of time. I don't ever preach to just bring condemnation. I'm not preaching, you know, hellfire and brimstone and turn or burn and rah, all that. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not what that's supposed to be. What this is, is if we come in and we acknowledge faults, we acknowledge stuff that we're going through, and then we, we allow God to, to, and when I say allow, like we're literally like God, come and do it, right? Because he's a gentleman. Like he'll show up like, you know, the day of Pentecost and wreck shop, but they were up there praying and inviting him. And then he came upon them. Okay? So, so when we acknowledge, this isn't so you can go home and be sad about what you're not. It's so you can start to acknowledge who he calls you to be. Who you really are. And so, in, in, in the second chapter of the book, uh, you know, John is starting at first one. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. John is, is telling them these things so now they know. So they're not walking around in condemnation because people are pointing fingers and saying, you'll never be who he called you to be. Look at you. You keep messing up. And John's saying, no, 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 no. We have an advocate, and he died on that cross, and he rose, and he took our place, so now we can be reconciled back to the Father, so we don't have to walk in condemnation, but we can walk in freedom, because freedom has a price, and his name is Jesus, and he paid it on the cross. Amen? Yeah. See, <clears throat> See, we, we, we have these scriptures that say, like, nothing can separate us from the love of God, and that's true. Those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. All that is true, right? But we just need to hold on to the fact that while that's true, we still have accountability for ourselves that requires action, right? And so John is writing these letters because he needs to let them know. He needs to assure them and tell them, hey, stop it. You're called to live like Christ. And I know you don't know what that looks like now, but you will. And, and here's some things to clear up some issues for you. And, and uh, you know, when we hear these things sometimes and we sit in these services or we watch it online or whatever, you ever think, like, have you ever thought, like, Jesus died for them but not for me? Right? Like, you don't feel worthy of it. Like, you just kind of like, oh, he died for you too. Whether you like it or not, like you were talking about, like, he's, he's here. He's here. He died for you. He wants you to know that, that he loves you. Okay, And you need to get a hold of that. And when there's confusion, that's, that's a breeding ground for corruption. You'll be corrupted because you're confused. And, and so John's clearing this up. And, and here's what I love. He's going through all these different things. He's talking about all these. He's laying them out. And, and he gets down to this verse. He says in chapter 2, starting at verse 3, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, quote unquote, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. And here is the basis for my entire message right here. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. This was not for condemnation. Jesus came and he brought us grace. Okay? And, and that grace allows us to be purposeful in our walk, knowing that if we fall, he's there to help us back up. It's not so we can say, I can do whatever I want, and he's cool with it. That's not okay, and that's not biblically accurate. So... 
I say that because it's important that as we have a range of believers in here, we have seasoned, mature believers, we have brand new believers, and then in the midst of that, you're going to have the same instances come in here that we read, right? I'm not saying specifically in this church, but I am saying when you're out there in the world, you're going to have everybody telling you everything. And they're going to, they're going to, you're going to be like, dude, this happened. And they're like, oh, that doesn't happen. That's not biblical. But I read it. Yeah, but that was for then and this is now. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. Read the Bible with childlike faith. Okay? Have you ever seen, you could convince kids of anything. My son wanted to be a ninja, and then he wanted to be a wrestler. He wants to be a pro skater, right? My daughter wanted to be a princess at one time. She is a princess, by the way. <laughs> but, but she wanted the tiara. You know what I mean? Childlike faith. Just, just read it and, 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 and pray about it, and maybe try taking it at face value. If he said it, he meant it. Amen? He said it, he meant it. And, and so, while they're becoming distracted and have been distracted by um, these false teachers, right? He comes in and, and, and he's basically telling them they got to go and y'all need to do something different. Have you ever been distracted by anything? I've been distracted. I have sat in church and thought about what I was going to eat for lunch. I wasn't saved yet, but I'm just, I, I, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest because, because God, God, he knows, he knows us, okay? He knows us. And, and so this is a call for us to, to try to set aside these distractions. We're distracted. Um, we're con- consumed by the news, right? We, we, we got the gossip and the celebrity news and these reality shows that I don't believe are reality. We got conspiracy theories. We got all this stuff we're consumed by. And the question is, what or who controls you? What or who controls you? Because the Bible makes it clear we cannot be deceived into thinking you can love God and you can love the world. He said it. He made it super clear. He drew the line in the sand. And he said, I love you and I'll walk with you and you can mess up, make mistakes, but just keep coming. Just keep coming. And, and he says that if, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy to God. And we're not talking about the world because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, he said, listen, when I talked to you in, in this previous letter, I didn't say for you to judge the world like if, or to not partake with people in the world because if that was the case, you'd have to leave it. Now, I'm talking about in the church. And so what he was saying is I want you to be in the world. I just don't want you to be of the world, the system of the world. You, when you see someone in need, don't get your camera out and record it. Go help them. Go help them. Listen, we're called to be set apart. What that does not mean is that we have to go off into the mountains and isolate, shut down everything, don't ever go to church, don't ever talk to other people, everyone's deceived and nobody's got it right and I don't need a teacher, only God. Stop that. The Bible makes opposite. Okay, He said, go into all the world and make disciples. You can't do that in an isolated Bunker, you have to go into the world and you have to love people where they're at. I cannot tell you how many times we have went and played pool and we've done it at a bar. God set me so free, it's ridiculous. Like drinking's not even on my radar. And this isn't here to talk about drinking. I'm telling you it's an environment that used to be a danger zone for me and now it's not because I'm free. And so I go back and, and, and we play pool and we talk and we're like, hey dude, what's up? And we chat. And we let people know, God loves you. No, no, I mean, God loves you. He loves you. He loves that crazy shirt. He loves all your tattoos. He loves your chains and your piercings. He loves you. And he wants you to know that he has a plan and a purpose. And it's not to be here Monday through Thursday. He has better for you. Yes, that is a clappable thing. He wants better for you. And so so John is warning these people, don't be led astray. Don't be led astray. You better question some things. Not to be rebellious, but show me where that's at. Give me an example. Did you walk with Jesus? Did, did you have an encounter with God? Oh, you didn't? Okay. Well, you should sit down too and let's all learn. I, I'm serious. And, 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 and how you learn is going to change just like how Jen was saying about worship. Everybody does it a little different and God's going to speak to you a little different. For me, he had to show up and just kick down, just kick open the gates of hell and like, come here. Snatch me up off a death row and say, come here, come here, come here. Because, because I'm the way I am, God had to show up the way he did. He had to get me radically so I could be like, whoa, and just shake me, right? He loved the hell out of me. 
He did. He loved the hell out of me. And so, so, so I say that because we have people that just think that they, they're unlovable because their mom and dad didn't love them. They're unlovable because every time they try to make friends, they get rejected. So, so the same way they see that in the natural is the same way they connect that spiritually. You've heard people say, like, if they have a bad relationship with their father in the natural, it's, it's similar spiritually. Like, they don't really get it in all this stuff, right? If they don't have, um, if they're not good with relationships, they don't understand relationship with Jesus. That, I don't know. And, and they start thinking of all the ways they relate and how they've messed things up and how it didn't work out. And they say, well... If that's how it was for these people, that's got to be how it is for Jesus. But, but John is, is modeling what we're called to model. He calls us to be just like Christ. If we abide in him, right? The Bible says he would abide in us and will bear much fruit. That's not just something we, we, we just spew out because we're in church. What that's saying is when you live that life with Christ and you draw near to him, he draws near to you and your life, the results of what you're doing is evident that you are a believer in Christ. It's evident. God needs people in different areas, in different places. God did not call us to all look the same. We have a move in society that is saying we all got to be the same. We all, we can't be unique. I'm offended by everything that moves and breathes. No, that's culture is good. Different is good. God said, one body, many members. There's people I can't reach that y'all can reach and vice versa. And if you know me, I haven't wore a suit since I don't know when, <laughs> but I love to wear them. And when I was growing up, I, this is how I was taught. This is Sunday's best. And as I got older and I got out into the world, I understood that Sunday's best doesn't look the same for everybody. And I said, wait a second, that's not Sunday's best. Those are shorts. But, but, but Jesus, you know, the Bible addresses it and says that, that God searches the heart and that man judges by appearance. Sorry, God judges the heart and, and man judge appearance. And so we start disqualifying people right off the bat. Oh, nope, can't come in here. Smell like cigarettes. What? No, no, no. Maybe you should go outside. We need people. I'm sorry. Too honest. I, mm, I made a vow to God that I'm going to preach this word. Come hell or high water. I'm going out. I, I, I'm, I'm born again. I'm spirit filled. I got the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm going to run full speed. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I would encourage you guys. It, it, it may not look like me, and that's fine. But, but just seek him out. That's all I'm saying. Seek him out. Don't let anyone talk you out of it, okay? Don't feel like you have to get right to come to church, okay? Come to church and then get right. And, and if you have a bad experience, don't let that be a reflection of who God is. God's people are messed up on the way to getting right. It's called <laughs> sanctification. And, and so you cannot allow that to be, oh, that guy's crazy or that guy's weird. Or that. Listen, God will speak to you in that still, quiet voice, that still, small voice. He'll speak to you while you're sitting there knitting, while you're sitting there playing your games on the computer, while you're sitting at home watching TV, God will speak to you. And, and then how he works in your life will look different. Because I'm not for everybody. But Jesus is. And that's okay. That's the beauty of it. So don't think your appearance is going to block you, okay? You could just look nice on your way to hell. I, you don't have to agree. I'm telling you, when I first got saved and I was among some people that had been doing this for years, I started talking about how good God was in his miracle working power and how, how he, uh, he judges the heart. And these people looked at me like I was wild. I'm not mad at them. At the time, I just didn't understand what they didn't understand. But now I understand a little differently. So I get that they were just in a different place. But, but don't get confused. Don't get confused. So I, I, I want to if we go down to verse 24, let's see. No, start at chapter 2, verse 21. He says, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. And then we go down to verse 24, and John tells us, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. He laid a foundation. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father, and this is the promise that he has made us eternal life. And then we go to verse, continuing to verse 26. He says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true 
and is no lie, just as he has taught you, abide in him. So if we are reading the word as a whole, in, in its full context, it's not contradicting that God put leaders in place. It's saying that, that you are called to seek out God so you can get an understanding in the midst of teaching and preaching so that you can make sure what you're hearing is accurate and that it's lining up with God. That's why he's telling them here specifically in this letter, in these churches, you don't need these teachers. You know what I told you. It's simple. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. Go forth, make disciples. It's simple. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and be my witness. But through their confusion, through history, through lack of experience and things like that, it's become way complicated. Way complicated. It's not complicated. Just live it. That's what he says. Just, just, just like Jesus. Just live it. Okay? You're going to have bad days. And then you get back up and you come here. And then you know what you do? You do things like Alicia did. And you come up here and you be vulnerable. We can't pray for what we don't know you need prayer for. And what I don't want you to do is keep smiling, but you want to go home and kill yourself. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And if people are looking at you some kind of way, don't worry about them. Because you need help. You need love. You need life. And Jesus has it. I would rather you come in here messed up than to not come in here at all. I'm high. Come on in. Jesus will get you. Some people, I get it. Some people are uncomfortable with that. But God gave me a vision years ago that we would see a Corinthian church. If you're not familiar with Corinth, it was like Las Vegas and New Orleans and all that all in one. They were a wild bunch. But they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And Paul comes in and he doesn't say, shut this down. This is crazy and the board said and this and no he came in he said listen let's let's just let's huddle let's get this worked out okay I don't want you to stop but here's some order here's some structure because God's a God of order the Bible says right and then from that order his spirit flows and as some of you have seen in these services his order doesn't necessarily look like order to us it could look like chaos to us but God shows up and, and he just shifts and changes things and people leave changed and people leave different and that's how we, we should be leaving. That's how we should, should be getting it. It shouldn't be uniformity and just so, I don't, want to, I don't want to be in a dead church, guys. I don't serve a dead God. Why would I want to be in a dead church? And I'm so thankful for Ben. Ben does not play games. Ben comes up here. He delivers the word of God. He delivers prophetic message, messages, not just him alone, but because he's the senior pastor, we're given honor where honor's due. And then from that place, everything flows out. And, and we do what we see. And he does what he sees, right? And, and that's what we need to be doing. So <clears throat> we see John. He's moving forward. He's, he's, uh, he's speaking to them, and he's telling them, listen, Jesus is the word of life. And here's some things that you need to do. You need to get a relationship with Jesus for yourself so that you can help in not being deceived. This includes reading and studying his word, Right? So that we may know the truth, and that truth will set us free in our mindsets, right? In these strongholds that try to keep us back. And then he says, pray to him for ourselves, both speaking and listening. That's important. You know how long I prayed to God but did not know he was talking back? And then when you hear him, you just kind of, what? <laughs> and it, it just freaks you out for a minute because you get an answer to a problem you didn't have an answer for before that. And you could chalk it up to, I'm a genius. But I would say that if you've been praying about that for like two years and then it just pops up, maybe it's God. Maybe it's God. And, and so we need to, to be like Christ. We need to be forgiving. And, and, and that's a hard one. That's a hard one. But it's necessary. He did it on the cross for people that were literally partaking in his murder. And, and we need to be slow to anger and quick to listen right? We need to make sure that if we feel a tug on our heart to not do something, not say something, not watch something or listen to whatever, just do it. Don't, don't try to generalize God's like rules and stuff. No, no, no. What did he tell you to do? Because some people say, well, we're not called to watch TV. He didn't tell me that. But if I put on a certain show and he says, uh-uh, I got to listen to that, okay? 
Same with music. Now, as you grow, there's things that you will begin to shift and change, right? And you'll begin to do it on your own. You don't need people trying to give you the list, right? The 663 laws of the Old Testament or whatever, 633, something like that. Um, that's too much. That's too much. Uh, that's, that's not even biblical. That's too much. And so we, we uh, it, he says, in, um, he says that we have fellowship with Jesus, that we don't need to walk in darkness, that we can walk in light. And, and when you fall, he says that uh, Christ is our advocate. He stands in the gap. He says in, um, oh, I already read that one. We're not doing that. He reminds us that we are forgiven, that we can know him, that we are overcomers, that we are strong, and that we don't have to second guess ourselves in Christ. We're called to love one another and lift each other up, not to tear each other down. He says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed in truth. And by this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. The whole point of the message is that when we're in relationship with Jesus, at some point, we're going to start walking like him. What you don't want to do is compare what your walk is to what someone else's looks like because then you start to try and imitate them and not Christ. And, and there's a time and a place to take on what a leader's doing because you're learning, right? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But then there's a time where that cuts off and you have to have your relationship on your own and you have to walk that out. And, and so he says in Matthew 28 to go forth and make disciples, right? teaching them to hold to the, uh, commanding them to hold to the teachings that I've taught you, okay? Baptizing them in the same name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? And, and so we see those things happening. And, and I would encourage you, start where you're at, okay? Don't make this big old game plan. You don't have to, okay? Start with prayer and ask God, where do you, what, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? I guarantee you, God will highlight those people. He will highlight those places. Don't think when you come to God, suddenly you have to get a job in a church. I, I swear I used to think stuff like that. I didn't know. I did. I was young. I was uninformed. And I thought, oh, the pastor just works here. And then I see him at a store. I'm like, you work here too? I'm like, what? Because some pastors aren't full-time. They're not paid by their church. And, and, and so in the same way that works, he's calling people. He's calling us. You go forth. And, and I don't need you to get your little list and all your rebuttals. I don't need you to do all that. I need you to tell people what I have done for you. That's it. That is it. And, and then when all the questions come, guess what you do? Tell them, I don't know. If you don't know, just tell them, I don't know. If God exists, then how come this, 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 and this? I don't know. Because the world's fallen. What do you want from me? You know, he, he came and he died on a cross because we are sinners, right? And he says the God of this age, lowercase g, the devil, right, who backwards is lived because he's not here anymore. And he is running stuff around here. And that's why he requires us to get a relationship with Jesus. So when you don't know, just tell people you don't know. And when they skip off laughing and joking about how that's stupid, let them do their thing and pray that God gets a hold of them. But pray with the right heart. Don't be like, I'll pray for you. Don't do that church thing where you're like cussing them out, like, I'll pray for you. Don't do that. Really pray for them, guys, seriously. Because everybody needs the Lord. And, and so um, the, the homeless, the poor, right? We see Jesus. Uh, we see Jesus. He's out there. He's having compassion. He's having mercy for people, right? We read about how he fed the poor. We read about how he healed the sick. We read about how he would go out of his way, so to speak, if anyone came to him. And he would heal them. He would address their issue. And then we also heal, or heal, we also hear how he would call people out of what they were doing. He wasn't exposing sin so everybody can look at them and point and scoff or whatever. No, no, no. He was calling things out of them because they're better than that. And I'm not talking about high and mighty self-righteous. I mean, no, I have better for you than what you're doing right now. So he would address it. And, and we see, remember, and, and it's, I believe it's the lady at the well, and, and she's like, where, or not the lady at the well, but when she gets accused of adultery and says, woman, where are your accusers, right? 
She says, they're all gone, my Lord. And he says, so if no one condemns you, neither do I. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's the point. And so turn and sin no more. He addresses it, but he says, there's more for you. Don't put your tail between your legs. You know, recently I got a hold of some overdose kits. That's awesome. We, we, we try to work with people in our community that, that are trying to come out of addictions, including opioid addictions. And, and somebody called me up and said, dude, I got all these kids for you. And I was super excited, not because I want to be able to be on scene for the sake of being on scene, but I want people to, to get that second chance so they know that that's not all you are. You don't have to keep snorting these pills and taking these drugs. And, and here's your second chance. And give them the Narcan. Get them to a hospital. Get them free. And, and get them living the life God called them to live. The Bible says we're called to be this. And so I would encourage each and every one of you to just seek him out and see what that looks like for you. That's all. That's all. It doesn't have to be this. That's, that's fine. Shouldn't be. Should be however God calls you to do it. And so I just, that's just been on my heart for so long because God has just been convicting me. He's trying to peel back layers, right? He's trying to, trying to help me to be more, more like him and less like me. And that's a rough road, but I'm in. I'm all in. And I would encourage you guys to start today to be all in. Amen? Amen. Brother, I'm going to bring you two up. I just love listening to Pastor Nick speak. Don't you? Like, I love you, brother. Like, true story. <laughs> that's not even a lie. Like, <laughs> The heart that God has given this man just amazes me every time we talk. Like, wow, I've brought some friends that are deep in the throes of addiction to this man right here. My dad used to always say, don't get caught in a 13-inch hill. Don't get so wrapped up in where your focus is that you're not letting his word penetrate your heart. It's got to make it farther than just your head. The thief of the joy of our salvation is comparison. What my walk is, that's not what your walk is. If God has called you to clean toilets in a church, clean those toilets. Clean them for the glory of God. I appreciate it. It means something to me. If God has called you to preach the gospel right here at this podium, preach it for the glory of God. Because your walk doesn't look like mine. And my walk doesn't look like yours. I love, I love that Pastor Nick pointed out that what I have faced in my life is going to minister to somebody. Your bad stories, your bad situations, they're there for a purpose. It's not just so you could be picked on. God is not up there, a mean kid with a magnifying glass, treating you like the ant. Oh, he loves you so much. He loves you. You are his favorite. He is especially fond of you. He knows the number of hairs or lack thereof on your head. I was actually looking at Pastor Ned when I said it. <laughs> you are his favorite. You're his favorite. And it's okay to claim it. Because if you don't stand on that, then those lies and that corruption starts to pour in. And then you get twisted. And then you get confused. And then you get lost. And then you think, oh, they are way too religious for me. No, no, no. I just know that Jesus loves me. And I'm standing on it. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. If you haven't taken that step, 
if you haven't returned that reach, don't let this moment pass. Prayer teams, would you come up? God is calling you. Whether it's for the first time or the thousandth, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you take action. Because he loves you so much. It's in it's an incredible love. Because you're his favorite. If there's anything, anything at all, bring it to him. Right there at the foot of the cross. There's an old song that says, I, I take my crowns and I lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Because that's where his grace and his mercy has found me. Do you have a relationship with God? Or do you have a relationship with God through Nick? Or through your wife, or your husband, or your friend? That kind of made me step back for a minute just make sure like that's my you know that's my relationship with God that I'm not trying to be like Nick I'm not trying to be like Ben I've got my own walk every one of us have our own walk and like Cindy said we all have a story and that story could be ministering to the person next to you so of that do you know the truth and are you walking it if you do know that truth, are you walking that out or is it just in your head? Is it in your heart? Nick said we're all made to be disciples, right? We're, we're all made and put here to teach others. If you'd have asked me two years ago, I wouldn't be standing right here probably. That's honest. I wouldn't be out ministering to other people in, in this journey with my wife to minister others. But by listening to the call of God and knowing the truth in my heart, not in my head, we take that step, whether it can be a scary step. I'm not, I like people and I'll talk to you. I don't like being in front of people like this, but it's a step that we had to take. And so, we encourage you guys if you haven't taken that step take it today take that step today we have our prayer teams up here we have these guys up here if you guys need any prayer at all please come to us for anything it could be a new prayer it could be an old prayer that you're still praying about it could be that you just need a little more uh, information on um kind of where you're at in your walk. We, we just encourage you guys to, to take that step today. Yeah, so God, I just thank you so much for who you are and for who you have called us to be, each one of us, one at a time. You are shaping us, Lord, and you are uniting us, God. Lord, break our hearts for the things that break yours. Our eyes, our ears, our hands, our feet, our tears, God, let them be the things that you would have them be. Let us see those things that we need to see, hear from you, Lord. Let us hear those things that's gonna make a difference in the world around me. Here we are. Would you guys just stand with me? I just invite you, just take this time, just, just tell him, here I am, God. Take me by the hand, Jesus.
the shepherd of my soul, the lover of my soul. Just lead me, God. Have your way in it all, Jesus. Just love you so much, God. And I thank you so much for the people in this room. God, would you speak to each one of them? They are so loved. They are so loved. And remind us, God, that each step we take in you doesn't have to look like the person next to us, but it has to look like what you've called it to look like. If you have nothing that you would like prayer for, until we meet again, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he lift his face towards you and give you peace and may you walk in the power, authority and victory given to you by Jesus name. We'll see you next Sunday. Hey, thanks again for letting us be a part of your life. We pray that this time has just been life-giving to you. And if it has, if this has been a blessing towards you, there's a few things that you can do in return. If you haven't given already, we would be so grateful for your financial partnership and helping us to continue to empower people with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. So you can give on our website at risechurchid.org. We would also love if you would like or review us on any of our social media platforms. We would also love for you to share it with a friend and maybe tag us. So thank you so much again for letting us be a part of your life. We're praying that Jesus would empower you by his Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the world around you. Love you and God bless.